What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am Greg here with Ryan and Tyler. The gang's all here. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus for a while. Well, uh, we all had some stuff to do, but we're back. Turkey hangover. Yeah, exactly. And we're excited to talk about the Red Wings on today, the 21st of December, 2018, before we head into the new year. How are you guys doing? I am super. I've had it's my last day of work for the new year was today, and I've been already been drinking for a couple hours, so I'm feeling great and I'm ready to go. Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I um, I'm getting ready for the World Juniors, and the Wings aren't really giving us much to watch now. So uh, yeah, definitely, I'm doing pretty good. But the World Juniors, I'm definitely looking forward to. Sure. Nice. So that's a little bit about what we're going to talk uh, tonight. We're going to talk about the World Juniors and, and Philip Zadina, who will be on his way there. Uh, we're going to get a little bit into how the Wings have been playing lately, and we're going to end with uh, the captain. I mean, the person they should have named captain to begin with, Dylan Larkin. So Philip Zadina was uh, injured in Grand Rapids and gave people a little bit of a scare for a bit, but they said he will be back. He practiced with the team, and he will be playing in the World Juniors for Team, uh, what's he, Czech Republic? Czech, yep. Team Czech Republic. I always want to say Czechoslovakia, but that is not a country anymore. <laughs> so, uh, That's the thought that counts. Yeah, Philip Zadina will be playing for the Czech Republic. Now, uh, some people will tell you that Zadina has not been super great in Grand Rapids. Some people will tell you that lately Zadina has been phenomenal. I think he's got uh, – he's he's come along pretty well. He's developing good. He's not good enough right now to play in Detroit. But what we will see hopefully in the World Juniors is like he did last time, just, just light it up. It's a difference between playing with men and playing with kids. So I think that, that the World Juniors is Zadina's stage to take and to just show everyone how how he can actually play. Uh, once he gets fully acclimated and we'll start with Tyler. Tyler, what do you think about Zadina to the world juniors? I think it, it's, um, it's the right move to be honest with you. I mean, he's not ready to play in Detroit. He's had a little bit of injuries with Grand Rapids and he hasn't been that great when he's been playing, although he did have a few goals. Um, and he was hot there for a little bit, but I mean, at the end of the day, that tournament is really good. There's a lot of good talent in that tournament. And um, if you think that he's going to get the most in his development from going to that tournament and showcasing his talent and probably dominating, then that's the best thing for him. And if the Red Wings think that, then who am I to tell them not? I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, a lot of the teams have done this. I think the Bruins did it with David Pasternak a few years ago, and then he ended up coming up and doing really well with the Bruins. I'm trying to think of other examples, but that's the one that really comes up to me. David Pasternak was one. You know, it's just – it's a good tournament. There's a lot of things to watch in that tournament. And not only that, but then there's also – you're going up against some of the best prospects in the whole world. Yeah, so – Right decision, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right about David Pasternak. He uh, played at the World Juniors. He dominated it. And then after the World Juniors was called up to Boston – so right now, Zadina's sitting at 17 points, eight goals, nine assists in 27 games with Grand Rapids, which isn't terrible. Uh, no. But since he isn't getting 
two goals a game, people are going to say, well, he was a bust and he wasn't what we thought he was going to be, but he's still getting acclimated. Uh, Ryan, what are you, what are you looking forward to going into the world juniors? I'm just looking forward to him having quality playing time. I mean, I think overall from, I mean, I, I, I will say that I've been ignorant overall on how in tracking the Grand Rapids play. I've been reading about him to an extent, but not as in-depth as I would like. But I think this will be great for him to get top-line minutes at the World Juniors if they give that to him and just to be out there and have fun and keep enjoying the year that he's having so far. I mean, like you just said, 17 points in, what, 27 games? Yep. I'm not really mad about that. I think he can only grow and keep going. So it's uh, for me, it's just enjoying the season as much as we can enjoy and what little success overall everyone's had. Yeah, I agree. And this year, the World Junior Championship is in Vancouver. Uh-huh. So it yep. is on North American ice. So it should be familiar territory for for Zadina now after spending time in Grand Rapids. But you're right. It is him going up against the future of the it's the future of the NHL watching that game. That is the future of the league. Yep. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what's going to the other person I'm God, real excited to watch is Joe Valeno. Just getting yep. ready to mention that. Yep. that if, I hope those two play each other, to be quite honest. Yeah, Joe Valeno at the World Juniors. Now, Team USA is going to have a good team, and they're going to make a pretty good run. But Joe Valeno for Team Canada, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do to stop him. Like right now, Valeno has 54 points in 28 games, 22 goals, 32 assists. Those are, I mean... If you, he keeps up numbers, <laughs> if he keeps up numbers like that, those are uh, now. Granted, I don't like making the comparison because they're two separate styles of play, but those are Anthony Mantha type numbers. Oh, totally. Anthony Mantha in fifty-seven, his last junior season in Val d'Or, played uh, fifty-seven games and had one hundred and twenty points. So yeah. if you look at Valeno, if he if you double his games right now, he'd be at 56 games and he'd have 108 points. So but his his play style is different. The, the thing with Mantha is he was drafted with notes that he was lazy. Sometimes he floated and that's why he fell in the draft. Valeno's not that guy. Valeno at no. one time Valeno at one time was was thought of as a top three pick. So he fell for some reason, but Valeno is also the only other player that you can try to research why he fell and you can find no answer. No one, no one knows why Valeno fell that far in the draft. So he's another one that I think could really give a huge boost to team Canada and, and maybe push them over the top because he might be your, your one or two C on that team. Oh, totally. And can we also just retouch on the fact that he's only 18 years old? Still? Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, he'll, he be did 19, get that. he'll be 19 in January, but still, I mean, that's, uh, yes. I think he's ready to make this team next year. Uh, I think he was ready this year out of training camp. There was just no room, no ice time to give him. Uh, yep. But I think next year he's he's poised to take a, a spot on the Red Wings. Oh, he'll, I think he'll definitely be able to land on like a third line to start out. If not, fourth, I mean, fourth wouldn't be too bad. But if they bring him in as a third line center for what they've got going right now, they can't really lose on that. No, not at all. But instead of talking about the Red Wings of the future, let's talk about the Red Wings of now. Uh, so the Red Wings recently broke their losing streak. They have a three-game losing streak. and uh, Yeah, three. I'm sorry. I was yep. thinking of Bernier. He had a four-game losing streak going into last night. And they won against the Carolina Hurricanes. 
but they still played like shit. That uh, yeah. was a painful game to watch. Not entertaining in the least. Uh, Peter, Mar- we when we play Carolina, it's I feel like going in there, the players know how to work Mrazic, and Mrazic not being a great goalie now is pretty easy to figure out. But we should not have won that game. Bernier, no. for, for some reason, uh, played well. Uh, and people are saying, well, now it might, uh, might make Ken Holland think about trading Howard more. I think I don't think it would have made any difference. No. But Bernier is playing, uh, I don't want to say is playing well, because two games ago he got yanked in favor of Howard. So um, He only he, played last night because Howard was hurt. Yeah, but this team is basically uh, being carried by a couple players in Larkin and uh, Nyquist with a little bit of help from others. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about the Wings play recently? Well, I mean, it was going really well there for a while, and uh, it's kind of gone south. But, I mean, I would say mostly because of the injuries, because when they're they're together, obviously I don't think they're a playoff team, and we've all talked about this at nauseum pretty much all year long, that they're not a playoff team whether they play good or not. Paul if they Woods sneak in, they sneak it. in. Uh, well, I know Paul Woods. Paul Woods, uh, Paul Woods has dementia. <laughs> he's a great guy, right. but but as as far as I'm concerned, you know, the the greater good for this team is to miss the playoffs and hopefully by a lot. But there's got to be development there too, and I think that's where a lot of people look at it. And so far, I would say there has been development. However, it's overshadowed by the amount of losses they have. Thankfully, they did snap their losing streak. Um, but, I mean, th- with the injuries, you can't really expect to win a lot of games with the injuries that they have. To Mike Green and Mantha, and, you know, the, it, the list just goes on and on. I agree. They're not a playoff team. They're going to they're gonna win some. They're going to lose three, win one, lose three, win one. And if they continue on that, uh, the teams below us, I think we are fifth from the bottom right now, but the teams below us all have games in hand. Uh-huh. So it, it's not like some teams have three games in hand on us. So it's not like we're going to be good in the people that keep they we win a game and they go online and they're like, Red Wings are heading to the playoffs. And I'm like, don't just stop getting your hopes up because it's not going to happen. And it shouldn't happen. That, that ruins it. So I think I think there will be players that play well and develop and, and should like Dennis Chalowski is a goddamn machine. But it's you also had the least amount of minutes last night, which really pissed me off. But see, then again, that is coaching to lose. And that might be what they're going to try to do to uh. advance us in the it sucks, but it is a it's a way to try to, you know, be good, but not be that good. I, I can see why, but I, I they're they're not a great team. So I say all these comments saying we're getting beat by average teams. Look how we're losing to average teams. We are average. No, no, we're below average. Well, that too, yeah. And we should lose to average teams because we are below average. I mean, to that point, too, with what you mentioned on Chalowski getting sheltered playing time, it's also not surprising because you don't want to burn the guy out in his first season going pro. Yeah. I mean, he's – most nights, he's probably close to, what, 18, 19, pushing – Dependent on the game, but I mean, 
if you do pay attention a little bit to what Blashell's done with him, there's been the handful where he's like under 15 minutes and you're like, what the fuck? But then all of a sudden he's playing those close to 20 minute games and it's it's almost wonder if that's what he's trying to do with them right now. Yeah, I think, and it goes back to, they do the same thing in, in football. Uh, They try not to give their super, if they're not, in football is maybe a bad example, but they try not to give their rookies so much time mm-hmm. that they overwork them. Kind of like in the Lions did carry on Johnson at the start of the season. Yeah. So they don't want to overwork their rookies just in case they, they get injured and then it, it halts their development. But I mean, there were games earlier this season where Chalowski was getting a ton of ice time mm-hmm. and, and he should be Larkin and Chalowski and, and Nyquist should be getting a bulk of the ice time right now. So, uh, Ryan, what do you think of their play overall, though, the past few games? I mean, if you look at the past few games, it's been god-awful. They just look like they're completely outmatched against no matter who they're playing. And I hate to say it and say that he's been, like, the backstop for him, but, I mean, they look at the stats with, with and without Mike Green this year, and they've sucked without him because that's one more guy that knows how to move the puck and make a play. And now they're relying on to clear the zone. Exactly. And now your big reliance, and like last night, for instance, you, there was a constant rotation of Erickson, Daly, Cronwall. The three oldest guys on your back end are out there nonstop. They, they were double, double shifting them in the third period to try to put, get out there for defense. And it's just going to be more and more difficult. I mean, the forward play overall, I think, has actually been pretty well. They've done pretty well. Goaltending's been good, not great, mainly because Jimmy has – kept them in most of the games this season. Bernier finally did that last night. But there's nothing that's truly a wow factor until you look at basically Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're actually going to talk about next. Uh, Dylan Larkin last night extended his point streak to nine games. Yep. Uh, He has a point in nine straight games going back to December 4th against Tampa Bay where he had two assists. Uh, Dylan Larkin has uh, 34 points in 36 games. So a couple more multi, uh, one more multi-point game, and he's on a point per game, like sticks on his point per game pace. And I'm, I'm not hesitating to say that I think this season Dylan Larkin can be a point per game player because he just makes things happen. And mm-hmm. it's evident uh, during the broadcast, Mickey Redmond will call him the captain. Uh, they'll all call him the captain. Osgood does it because he is literally taking this team and and putting it on his back some nights he does everything he can to make a play he does everything he can to back check he's one of the best defensive players on this team the only issue that some people have with him is he takes too many penalties uh so far this season but when you have the puck all the time when you're on the ice all the time and when you are one of the only players trying to back check you're bound to take some penalties. So, uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. Uh, give a little love to Dylan Larkin. I mean, Larkin has been everything and, and probably more of what we've expected this year. You know, he's taken that next step after last year, not having such a great year. I mean, obviously he was better than the second year, um, Dylan Larkin, that we saw. But, um, you know, he, he's taken a, another step further this year. He's got, what, 34 points in 36 games. It's just about yep. a point-per-game player. He's got 15 goals. I mean, you remember a few, a few years ago or 
I think it was two years ago, his sophomore year, everybody's saying, well, Dylan Larkin's a great player, but is he ever going to be able to put the puck in the net? Well, he's almost got 20 goals, and we're barely at Christmas time. He's got so, 15 goals. Uh, one more goal, and he will match his goal total from last season. Which is yes. huge. Yes, which is huge. You know, you want the guy. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a 40-goal scorer or 50-goal scorer or something crazy like that. But how many players are, you know what I mean? You, especially as a center. You're going to – he's going to have to be the guy that, that's like a complete player, and he's going to have to be the centerpiece of the straw that stirs the drink, if, if you will, like the Jonathan Taves or like the, um, you know, Sidney Crosby of the team, like the, a full player, not just a, a goal scorer. And I think that's what you're getting in Dylan Larkin. Obviously, he's not Sidney Crosby, but, you know, that just as the centerpiece kind of guy he is. Exactly. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah, and people keep saying, well, Dylan Larkin will never be Steve Iserman. Uh, I, I hate to say it, uh, but he could put up some Iserman-type numbers. Uh, not 90s Iserman-type numbers because the defense sucked. But, I mean, he could put up put up some Iserman-type numbers uh, and, and be okay. I mean, it's mm-hmm. they said if they would redraft, uh, if they would have redrafted his draft, he would have been a top-five pick easily. Oh, he wouldn't, oh, yeah. He wouldn't have went 15. Uh, Ryan, talk about uh, some Larkin. Uh, I mean, what I what I like to see from Matt that's coming from him this season in particular is that Tyler brought up the point of how you don't see too many centers really putting up points unless you're talking about like an Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Crosby type player. Yep. He's slowly going to talk himself into that top 20, top 15s current centers in the league if he keeps this up not only this year but the follow-on years and i don't see that changing unless something drastic happens like an injury or something of that nature and i don't think he can really talk highly enough of what he's done this season with the absence of zetterberg and the absence of any other big name players on this roster he's taken that role and run with it and the other players consistently talk about that Fox Sports Detroit is beating it like a dead horse over and over. And he's taking it in stride. And that's all you can truly ask for from, from him and the team right now. Yeah, there was a lar- uh, article I read about Dylan Larkin last week saying that Dylan Larkin is not yet elite, but he is almost there. And mm-hmm. when you compare him to be considered, I mean, to me, to be considered elite, you probably need to be in the top. 15 players in your position. Uh, so I think Larkin easily, these people make the argument, well, he's not, uh, Dylan Larkin's not Crosby or Matthews or McDavid. So those are what I would consider generational players. Oh, absolutely. One, of, one of those come around, you know, n- never. You'll see one or two of them maybe in your lifetime. But Larkin can be elite. I'd say Jonathan Taves, you could consider elite. Larkin and, could be a Malkin kind of player. Exactly, and Malkin's elite. But I think if I you compare so. him uh, to to someone like Jonathan Taves, especially as a center, as a playmaker guy who sets people up, I don't – I mean, Taves has never broken 70 – oh, no, he did one time in 2010, 2011. Taves had 76 points. I – I don't see any problem with Larkin hitting that and being consistent in the sixties. And that's what Taves has been all his career. So 
I mean, I would consider Taves an elite center. He was a number three overall pick, and I don't see why Larkin could match that if not do better. So it's putting a lot of pressure on the kid, but I feel like he feeds off it. That's something that he wants. And the thing is, with what he's doing this year with 34 points in 36 games, look who he's doing it with. Yeah, garbage. Exactly. I mean, not garbage. He's he's yeah. playing with, with Mantha uh, for most of the time, and he's playing with Nyquist. So not garbage, but, well, no, but they, you not put him up Patrick with Kane. Exactly. You put him up with a King, he plays with Taves. You put him up with against Matthews right now, he's playing with Tavares. Or Tavares of Nylander and all these guys. Look at the comparison of how he's doing it, the way he's doing it. And just think if they add in, this is pure speculation, obviously, but in the offseason, they add a Panarin. They add Zadina, Zadina makes the roster. You got Valeno making the roster. You add those extra little pieces. You add in a Carlson by God's grace of goodness. <laughs> you add those extra pieces, the, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's, the, the cap is unlimited for him. Just give him a few more guys to make a fucking play. Yeah, I feel like if you played Lark, you brought up Zadina and you played Mantha, Lark, and Zadina. That's a da- in a, in a few years. That's a dangerous line. That could be yep. a top line in the league. And then you start Valeno on the second line, and and mm-hmm. then you start filling pieces around him. I mean, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. People don't get that. That like, oh, you know, you were good for twenty five years. Yeah, you pay for that. You pay for that for being good for twenty five years. That means you're not drafting in the top top half of the draft every year that no, means your bottom half of the draft and in a lot of cases of those seasons ken holland traded those first round picks to augment the team that that, that you know was going on a cup run mm-hmm. and if you ask ken holland you know a lot of people don't like ken holland and rightfully so for some things but if you ask ken holland he would say i, I would do that again if i had to for the for a team you know to to extend the championship window because that's what you have to do when you when you're in a, a window like that, especially a 25 year window, right? Yeah, but I think, and they won't. Some do of those were they... asinine, though. If you think about it, some of near, them near the end it, it started getting that way. Near the end, yeah. I think they would have benefited from starting the rebuild maybe three years earlier, but yeah, if After you start like 12 exit to Boston. Yeah, but if you start, think about it though. If you start there then you don't have some of the players you have right now. Yep. So you don't have Larkin. Yeah, you don't have Larkin. So I think the trade-off is is good on that. I'm going to cover this really quick, uh, and it's I, so fucking stupid that I even have to say this. Pavel Datsuk is not coming back to the NHL. He is not going to be playing for the Red Wings, and he will most likely just retire. And if you think that he's coming back, you're dumb. If you want him back on this team, you're dumb. So stop. Wait, that's, that's I mean, that's, I, I saw the conversation about him, like the, the rumor. Yeah, yeah. He thinking yeah. about it, but he's really actually saying that they want yeah, him back. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of real dumb people oh. are saying that they want him well, back on this team, and they're the same people that complain that we don't play the kids. So Yeah, they, well, people, people are very fickle if you think about it. 
The the thing Ooh, with Datsuk is, is like is like Datsuk. Okay, if Datsuk were to come back and play on the third line and make a million dollars, then okay, fine, he can teach the kids. But he's not going to do that. Pavel Datsuk's not going to come back to the NHL with you know with a bum back and a bad knee and everything like that, and play and, twenty games and play twenty games also, and probably play you know closer to five to six minutes a night. He's not going to do that. Why? No. And there's no Why? point. There's no point for him to do that. So he's not doing it. And if you think he should do it, stop. Just reevaluate your entire life. I just. I, I, I mean, as much you. as I would love to see Datsuk back, you know, the guy's 39 years old now. It's, it's no, not he's 40. The same he's, he's, he oh, okay, hit the 40. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's 40, and it's not the same Pavel Datsuk that left what two years ago. No, it's not. Not no, even no, the not same Pavel Datsuk that left us two years ago. He's not even he's not even averaging a point per game in the KHL. That yeah, should tell I, you something. So if he signed by the time next season started, he would be forty one years old. Jesus, yeah, no. he's not coming back. And, and, and they even asked Dan Milstein, and he's like, "Yeah, we're we're not even talking about that." So I I don't know why people grab something. It's it's the same thing as when people get cut by another team. They're like, "We should pick them up." I'm like, "Why? They were cut." Literally, they weren't good enough to play for that other team. But you <laughs> want to take that other team's trash and put them on our team. That's Jacob exactly Taylor what we're that's, yeah. the New Eng- that's the New England Patriots mantra. Somebody else's trash is the Patriots' treasure. Yeah, but this isn't so football. This isn't football, and Ken Holland uh, we don't have is, Bill Belichick running is not Bill Belichick. <laughs> so, yeah. You yeah. just had to sneak your Boston bullshit into this conversation, didn't you? <laughs> You know what? You know no, we were what? having you a good what? talk, and then you had to fucking go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. We're going to wrap it up tonight. Let's get your final thoughts. We'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, I think I'm just going to kind of regurgitate what I've said pod over pod, is that they're not that great of a team, but I tell you what, they're fun to watch. They're frustrating, but at the same time, when they get going – it's hard not to just sit back and just enjoy it. Enjoy they're, it. Yeah. They're, put, they're putting the puck in the net most nights. Their defense is still gives you aneurysms. Justin Albuquerque is just there. And it's sure. overall, it's it's still fun. So just keep enjoying the season. Better things are to come. I, can't, I don't think I can say that enough. I agree. Tyler, final thoughts. Yeah, they put themselves in a good situation. I mean, the, the, the streak ended, what, two years ago now? They started mm-hmm. the rebuild last year, really. And, uh, you know, just everybody's got to stay on board and stay the course and, and just be patient with them. And, uh, you know, eventually you're going to see a lot of these players in the World Juniors this year and probably next year. And uh, you'll start to see them filter into the NHL roster. So you just got to be patient. The Stanley Cup, a Stanley Cup contender isn't built overnight. Um, and then just also free agency is going to be interesting this coming year with Panarin and uh, Bobrovsky is another yep. guy that could be uh, in, you know, the wings crosshairs no. or something like that. No. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. But, but you know, there's Carlson out there and, and, you know, there's a lot of free agents out there. So, you know, I guess I would just say be patient and uh, good things are definitely to come and just enjoy the hockey. Also, everybody enjoy their holiday. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. Just calm down, people. It's we're not winning the Stanley Cup. We're not making the playoffs. We'll hopefully they figure out how to drop a little bit, which I think that might happen 
at trade deadline when Holland sells off pieces like he should. Uh-huh. And uh, Nyquist will be, will be gone. Howard might be gone. We might lose a Glenn Denning. We might lose a couple more people. So I think that will help us drop a little bit. The games in hand will help us drop a little bit. And hopefully we draft in the top five. I think one more good draft, if we have two first-round picks uh, this coming draft and we draft in the top five and then maybe in the late 20s or we can bundle to move up again in the first, I think we're back on track and and we probably don't need another really good draft. We'll probably need a decent draft the year after. Mm -hmm. And I think we're right back in the playoff picture, just adding a few pieces and getting some of ours from the juniors in. But don't hope for the playoffs now. Just enjoy it when they win, root for them when they lose. I mean, root for them to lose. It's it's fine. Uh, no one can't tell you you are not a fan because you're not rooting for the team to win because you know that the long term means more than the short term. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, shoot them out to us on Twitter. We'll make sure to answer them. Connect with us. Subscribe to us. I'm going to do Twitter handles. Ryan, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, mine is at rdryan33, so catch me there for all my bad hockey takes, mostly anger about Advocator. And Tyler. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91 for all my Red Wings and Michigan rants. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at GrindlinePod. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean. You can subscribe to us. Please comment on us, follow us, do whatever you need to do to get our podcast into your ear holes. Just make it happen. Drop us uh, some questions on Twitter. We like to talk to people. I like to bullshit. I'm not going to block you unless you're an annoying Montreal or Toronto fan. So just get at us and then let or us Chicago. Yeah. Well, Chicago. The Chicago fans have cooled off because their team is shit this year. So thank uh, God. Love to see it. <laughs> so get at us on Twitter. Uh, we are pretty active on a couple Facebook groups, so we'd like to chat with you. We want to hear questions, and we will answer them on a future podcast. But for Greg and Tyler and Ryan, you guys have a nice night, a happy holiday, and stay classy hockey town. Yep. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry hopefully, Christmas. hopefully you guys have a good uh, holiday. Good night, everyone.